Built into the traditions of the elite U.S. East Coast universities are a collection of student-led societies for the most accomplished of senior classmen. The organizations are renowned for their rosters of leadership and alumni who have held influential positions post-graduation. They have been such an integral part of the fabric of the Ivy League schools that even characters from F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Great Gatsby are implied to have belonged to them so as to emphasize their success. One of the most exclusive of the societies boasts an impressive amount of members who went on to powerful posts within the CIA, positions on the Supreme Court, and even a number of U.S. presidents. This case file joined the theorists as they crack open the tomb and crack a few inside room 322 with Skull and Bones. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 250 Skull and Bones. I'm Braden. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. Don't worry about that little guy. Don't worry about that little guy. Yeah, don't. I was just saying before we recorded, we fucked up. We should have saved this one for 322, but you know. It is what it is. There's no guarantees. We don't, we might not get there. We might be dead before. We also said we wouldn't get this far. Or this is <laughs> 200. And we said every, we'd never get to 100. Every milestone, we're like, nah, there's no chance. <laughs> there's not, uh, a ch- not a chance we'll get there. Um, but we did, and we have. So, uh, you know, it's all good. We can do a revisit at 322. At 322. Maybe we'll do, maybe by then we'll be initiated. We'll be accepted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll be tapped to the super exclusive elite club with massive we'll our, family we'll pedigree. Our own, we'll have our own secret society by then. Yeah, I mean, well, we kind of do. We do. We got the theorites. The theorites. Yeah, the theorites. <laughs> Guess but we do. Yeah, ours is cooler. This, yeah, and listen, we we gotta we gotta get some better hard and fast rules here for the for the theorists, theorites, uh, for memberships. Yeah, Ponzi more scheme, of, baby. More, more of an initiation <laughs> scheme. But don't tell them. That you can't tell them it's a Ponzi scheme or it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, multi-level marketing. Yeah, you it's get a, mul- a bunch of your friends to give you money. Hey, it's still early. Get in while it's early. Yeah, it's get all in while it's early. You it's like crypto 2017. It's only case file 250, all right? Get in while it's still early. Come on. Yeah. You won't believe this. The stuff we're going to teach you in our course, in the Theorite Club, <laughs> every month we're going to have a seminar. We're going to release a little nugget of information that'll help you along your life journey. Where Dan will teach you about meditation. If you mm-hmm. pay a little bit more, you can part of the fucking elite theorist club. Yeah. And then there's yeah. the golden elite theorist club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Platinum. Plat- yeah, platinum. Yeah. Diamond. Yeah, diamond. Forget That's diamond. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the platinum club. Yeah. Right. You know, ooh, for high rollers. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Working on it. Uh, Zell, before we get started, why don't you tell everyone why you're going to die halfway through this case file? <laughs> <laughs> One of the benefits of having a small child is they bring home random things. 
<laughs> you act like your small child who can't walk is out roaming the streets. Yeah, I let her go and she just brings home shit. No, I got. <laughs> she flies at night, I guess. <laughs> yeah, she's open. Leave the window open. She's gone. No, I got this fucking disease called hand, foot, and mouth disease. Yeah. And what happened is now I feel like I have a hundred mosquito bites on the palms of my hands and the bottom of my feet. So terrible. And it's like, I feel like taking sandpaper and just shredding my skin to the bone. Just, just do it. <laughs> getting rid of them. Just do it for that uh, second of relief. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Life altering take, decisions for that. Take a cheese grater. Yeah. Um, just well, what off. the people really want to know is, uh, are you shitting in the bucket again? <laughs> no, I, not this time. I, last time COVID 2021, I had 10 days in the garage shitting in a bucket. Yeah. The boot bucket. Now we don't have renters in our basement, so I have a second bathroom so I can live in the basement. So I'm nice. Like, I'll just do a, a few days down there. Yeah, until you're... It's a much more common... Bones. It's a common disease, so it's not... Yeah, in like third world countries, I guess, yeah. That was a huge, <laughs> huge outbreak going on here. No, no, my kids mm. had it too. Huge outbreak. Yeah. You had it too, you motherfucker. No, I didn't. No, I, oh, I, I did, did, but I had it in a third world country. So, Mind you, you know what? Daycares are pretty much a third world country. This is true. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's yeah, fucking yeah. wild. Fair enough. Anyways, disease. just I, fucking sucking everything. They're just putting their mouths on all the yeah, plate set. Oh. Okay. Uh, tonight we're talking about um, pirates. Pirates. One of, one of Yale's uh, oldest secret societies, uh, the Skull and Bones. I actually didn't know, like, it surprised me. Like I was kind of curious. I was like watching this one documentary and they're like, Yale's home to like numerous secret societies. So I like looked it up and like actively right now, there are 41 secret societies in the, operating out of Yale as the home base at the moment. I feel like Whole if bunch. you know about them, it doesn't, it kind of like, <laughs> like it's, Dude, it's, it's not so secret. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You got the, uh, you got the apostles, uh, book and snake, the double cuffs, Fork and knife, the Kappa Masta Betas, uh, Myth and Sword, the Finky uh, the Stingers, the Hobnobs, Scroll and Key, Skull and Bones, obviously, the Pork and Beans, the Regina Phalanges, uh, the, the Cock and Bulls, <laughs> uh, St. Elmo's. Um, you think he's making some of these up, but he's probably not. <laughs> no, the Torch, you got the Whiskey and Cokes, you got the Whips, you got the, the newly formed, Bananas, you got the newly formed Wops. Uh, Dan, I think you said Wolfhead, you got the Elizabeth Club. Pick Daddy in the Dills. Why does this sound like a like a um, Doug and the Slugs? Doug and the Slugs. Yeah, sounds yeah. like sounds like an Irish folk band music <laughs> festival. <laughs> sounds like gangs yeah. from the movie The Warriors. <laughs> uh. Some of those names may have may have not been made up. Uh, we'll leave that up to you to decide. But uh, there's 41. <laughs> uh, I was so surprised by that number because I was like. God damn, man! Every everyone and their mom has a secret society running out of Yale. Now there are there are the more prestigious ones, and what I found out was that I kind you know interesting enough was that I always thought that Skull and Bones was the one, the like the wealthiest one. It's not. It like ranks number five on the list uh, on the list for assets and stuff behind. I think it's uh, Scroll and Keys, the richest, then Wolf's Head, mm -hmm. uh, Book is Snake. Uh, Elizabeth Club and then Skull and Bones um, as in assets. I, I think they have I think, uh, 4 .5 Skull and Bones kind of. Yeah, but the Skull and Bones kind of, they might not have as many assets, but I think they might separate themselves with more, like, I'd say elite members or members that have accomplished more. More notable. If you, if you hashtag look it up, 
Well, we're going to tell you about it. Uh, yeah, so Skull and Bones was founded in 1832 at the private Ivy League uh, Yale University, uh, which is located in New Haven, Connecticut. And it had already been established at that point for about 131 years. So Yale is old, if you didn't know. Yale is fucking old. Like, it's yeah. an old university. It's been around forever. <laughs> Isn't it like the first um, university? In- it's one of the, yeah, it's, one, it's been around since colonial days, since they were still like colonial things. Um, it's part of the Ivy League, which is like, there's since like eight other universities in there. Well, like, I think it was... It actually yeah. used to, like they shortened the name, but the, the the actual full name was Ye Old College, but now they just shortened it Yale. <laughs> Yale. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, and what what uh, kind of uh, I guess uh, presaged the the formation of the society is like Brayton said that there were a number of secret societies, and then back then they weren't really called secret societies; more like what the the term was usually is like literary societies was the kind of the name Fucking that they used clubs. for a lot Nerds. of these. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, think Dead Poet Society. Like, it's very yeah. much like it's pretty much that stuff is is what it was. Uh, if you've any, if anybody has seen that with Robin Williams. If you haven't, watch it. It's good. It's a good movie. Um, and I mean, more on the nail to this case file, watch Skull and Bones. Or is it Skull? Just bon- what is, what's the one with no, Josh Hartnett? The, the Skulls. Skulls. It's the, the Skulls. skulls. Yeah. yeah. And Josh Hartnett is not in it. Who's in it? <laughs> uh, fucking... Paul Walker, Dawson's Creek. Paul Walker Pacey. and Pacey. Yeah. And Coach. Why, why would you That's think right. that Josh Hartnett was in it? I don't know. Listen, all those those all those <laughs> actors are interchangeable in my brain. Okay. Those are early two thousand actors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're just they're all was, the same. I was. I, I just thought it was something like a, a common belief that Josh Hartnett was in the skulls. <laughs> it was in my no? mind, but now that Andrew started saying, I was like, I remember it's Pacey. I don't know what that guy's yeah. name is. <laughs> Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Pacey. Uh, so apparently there was like a, there was a, uh, uh, according to lore, there was a, some sort of conflict or like a falling out between the I think they called societies. it a squabble. <laughs> but, and it was something about uh, around an award ceremony or a nominating, uh, like an initiation ceremony with the, within Phi Beta Kappa, which was a, uh, Phi Beta Kappa is still around. It's actually an academic society, like an academic achievement society. society and it's one of the oldest ones. Um, and so in order to kind of like cool down, uh, they came to the conclusion that there would, they would members from what were the, the Lenonia Society, the Brothers in Unity and the Calliopean Societies diverged from their groups. And then they formed what is now known as the Skull and Bone Society. So, you know, uh, what? and it, like, here's one thing they, they refer to themselves as the Bonesmen. Yeah, which is pretty name. fucking badass, but I feel like they missed an awesome opportunity for an excuse to call themselves the Boners. The Boners? Yeah. The Boners. <laughs> yeah. That's a fucking awesome name. You know it crossed yeah. their mind. Yeah, I had to. Yeah. The first guy was like, Boners, uh, you're not you quite calling the Bony I don't think you make like the fucking You don't think H.W. Bush was sitting in there and be like, we could have been called the Boners. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they call themselves among themselves. I'm sure, yeah, that's probably what they refer to themselves as. <laughs> It's great. It's a great name. Hey, feel free if any bonesmen are listening, feel free to take it. Any boners <laughs> are out there. Just give us a quick plug. <laughs> so, uh, the, the some of the more prestigious members who formed the group was uh, it was William Huntington Russell and Alfonso Taft, which was Taft of the, you know, Howard Tafts, <laughs> like the president, Taft. President Taft. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they created this society with about twelve other members, and then the um, in about. Like this was this was around the time 
about like they said, like the kind of the literary societies that I mentioned before were kind of falling off in fashion a little bit. Like they were kind of like uh, falling into stagnancy and the such. Like um, they they kind of originally the idea behind them was to be uh, just places that people could meet. There were open membership, like anybody could really join. There wasn't anything you know barring you from uh, so I'm assuming joining this in is, on any of these. This is way before fucking beer pong was invented. <laughs> way, oh, yeah. way before, because yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. that's when fucking. That's when frats were awesome. This is before when solo cups were invented. Did they have? They at least must have togas, right? <laughs> sure, they. Had I mean, yes, toga togas parties been around back in the day. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Early Greek. So, Dan, what you're saying is people were getting sick of the regular old societies. They wanted something a little darker, a little more secret. A well, something spicier. a little bit. I think it was the the idea to have something a little bit more exclusive was the idea. So that's what I uh, mentioned before, that these societies had originally been open, and then Skull and Bones and the other ones started to distinguish themselves away from these groups by uh, having certain... Uh, like criteria that they kind of put out there. They're developing their own criteria for yeah, you recruiting rich and members. White. I mean, that was <laughs> two I mean, criteria in college at that point. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty much Yale at that point. So. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and so, yeah. And so by like the, uh, by about 1840, uh, every class uh, had a secret, at least one secret society. And then you had by the late 1800s, the, the campus of Yale was pretty much dominated by three uh, secret senior societies. So these societies are for seniors. And oh, um, shit. they got elderly be... people going to Yale? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can... Play a lot of shuffleboard. All right. You know, cool. backgammon. Uh, In yep. bed by five. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> In the tomb by nine. <laughs> and we mentioned it before, but like the three top ones at the time were pretty much Skull and Bones, Scroll and Key, and Wolf's Head, which all still uh, persist to this day. Like they still exist. I just can't. <laughs> this is this is what Harry Potter stole this from. Well, dude, yeah, except, except instead of like True Blood Wizards and Mugbloods, uh, Skull and Bones was like, you need to Aryans. be white. Yeah. White and Aryan. <laughs> There's three three clubs and they're all identical, just have different names. Yeah. yeah. They're all you, Slytherin. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Slytherin, Slytherin, or Slytherin. Yeah. Uh, really, but for real, that's, for real, that's uh, what, what's going that's on. That's the best analogy we can give. <laughs> um, so, as, you know, yeah, as, they're only accepting Draco Malfoy's. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the the club amassed a, a, a good amount of power on the campus, and this was mostly because uh, by at least 1963, uh, reports that kind of put it as like about probably estimates were about two thirds of the members had been or were members of the university administration. So um, you had mm, interesting. Um, <laughs> so it was like. It, it just kind of became this thing because admit the administrate the the separation between uh, like graduates and like the the underclassmen and those things like there's within skull and bones it became kind of a thing where it was it was supposed to be like there was there was no recognition of uh, like rank or age like everybody no, was when equal. You're in, you're in. You're a brother. So if you're if you're in as a student and the dean is a skull and bones member, you are on equal footing. In the skull and bones. The bonds of commitment transcend out of school through professional life till the grave. And yeah, even and at the grave, they say, because you signed up, you actually got to give a little bit of your estate back to the club. <laughs> 
Yeah, so so you had right here, you have a direct connection between the students in these societies and the administration. So, you know, they were able to communicate, you know, outside of official channels, you know, sit down and, and have discussions, uh, frank discussions uh, about policies. Well, and sometimes uh, it's about, like the discussions of Skull and, like Skull and Bones members and students and stuff getting together would directly affect policy changes that, you know, didn't get circulated to other people that maybe should have been involved. Oh, absolutely. Well, think about the nepotism, right? Like you literally have members of your club that are your fucking, like your teachers and the people that are making the fucking rules. Yeah. Like none of those dudes are flunking anything. No. You're bonded. Yeah. <laughs> by blood. Uh, yeah, so it, it did. Or semen. It, we'll, yeah, we'll get to that. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so one of the uh, one of the probably the the places that is very involved in the uh, uh, the skull and bones lore is the place known as the tomb, uh, which is the uh, the house, like the official house and residence of the skull and bones society. Uh, this place, which is which is called the tomb, uh, it's also known as the temple or the tea or the boodle. Uh, oh, I like that. <laughs> is a uh, it you didn't is name a, it the boner den. Yeah, what's it? What'd you the say? The, den? the boodle, the boodle. Yes, the boodle. Great, great <laughs> slang. This place sits. It, it is like a little bit off campus. Like it is right there. It, it is pretty close. And um, if you look at it, it's a very older looking, uh, foreboding. Greco-Egyptian structure. Uh, it just like, pretty much there's no fucking in windows in it or anything, no, right? There's I like two that. tiny slit windows. Yeah, it's yeah. a fucking tomb. Uh, it looks like you have to walk up and speak friend to enter. Yeah, it's got a yeah. it's got a whole black <laughs> it's got a black latched gate in front of it. It's very you know foreboding. Very uh, two big padlocks on it. Yep, uh, and it pretty much is just. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those. But so, and then when you get inside, sorry to interrupt, Dan, really quick. Sure. But like, do you think did that building exist prior to? Yes, the Skull and Bones. They bought it. it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so that building was. So I wonder what the fuck it was there, bef like before. Why would oh, you it's make just like a house? <laughs> yeah. Haunted one with it slits was, uh, for Jehovah's fucking windows. Witness. Yeah, <laughs> I, I and I actually think they've extended that one That's too. That's not I think the fucking house you fucking trick or treat at, boys. No, I think they actually added movie. into it. I think it used to be smaller, and then they uh, it, once they got a bit of money, they, was, they renovated it as well. Yeah, one of the things um, that I was reading, like the, uh, alongside no rooms, there's like several secret rooms. Uh, one of the rooms is oh, allegedly reserved for William kinky. H. Taft, twenty seventh president. His dad was the owner. It's so a little bit of a you know, daddy's boy there. And then uh, another one is for members of the Nazi regime, allegedly. Is <laughs> it safe? To, I guess it's just a, a bunch of memorabilia on the wall. I don't know. Well, old one, war of, one, stuff. Of the, uh, one of the allegations kind of uh, leveled at the, the Skull and Bone Society or attached to them is that the, originally the, the group comes from Germanic origins, that the original found, like at least one of the original founders had traveled to Germany and, you know, had gotten either... Uh, obtained either a blessing or he had, uh, you know, just got a lot of ideas about how to org, like how to found and run yeah, an organization. The, and there's the, also what is it the the Thule Society? Thule, Thule. Yeah. I mean, and it's, it's like crazy. It's crazy because like the amount of people who are openly racist driving around the road. I see those things on you know people's cars all the time. Right. Well, this was like 1800s. Like this is like yeah. when it they be, found it. It would be on the back of the horse and buggy. Yeah, see, now, yeah, now it's on the back of the caravan while they're hauling bikes, right? Just out in the open like that. It's crazy. So they're supporting um, um, Thule Society. But it, make, 
It makes sense though, because like with the logo and the name, right? Like the Tottenkampf is the fucking skull and crossbones. That was on like the. Yeah, like of- it's their. Yeah, and if you look like the Tottenkampf, it basically I think I remember it was like a the one of the Panzer divisions had the exact same logo too. But don't isn't that like a not a common but. I mean, we're pirates, part of Skull and Bones. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure there's members of. (laughs) There's like, I was reading that it's not just German though. There is like Australia, United Kingdom also have divisions that use like a skull and crossbones. Oh, I know, but like it kind of just plays in the fact that we're speculating that there are fucking Germanic origins to the fucking skull and bones. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so that's. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. say like a, I mean, officially they say it may have influenced them because those those types of societies and those organizations were popular around yeah. the time that the founding of things. These, and these they, like uh, they have this uh, some of the same. They say they have some of the same like ritualistic practices and like the Thule Society. It was um, they believe that members of the Aryan they were part of the Aryan Superman who survived the destruction of Atlantis uh, thanks to an occult power. Uh, that made them immortal. Um, they're all said now dead, but <laughs> they, uh, are they? That's what they believed, and uh, you know they say I mean, we, we got one. We got one on the podcast right yeah. now. Let's ask them. They say, yeah, blue, talking eyes, blue eyes <laughs> lives forever. They're just saying, uh, the skull, like skull and bone members, also like you know they're said to be like they believe in Im- immortality of the soul, and they perform a lot of the same rituals. Uh, that Adolf Hitler did while he was uh, a member of the Thule Drawn Society. a lot of similarities. That's yeah. what you're yeah, saying. Absolutely. Yes. Hmm. But it's like when they say like, you know, they're like, oh, they're Nazis. I'm like, well, I mean, Adolf Hitler was in this thing and I don't think they, the Thule Society, it's, they didn't, it's not I, like- Adolf Hitler their, was never officially in the Thule Society. Never officially. I mean, he's, I mean, he wrote it. I mean, there are, <laughs> there are documents. Like he wrote it off as like that. He never wanted to be a part of it. So yeah, he, he was trying because he was like he was trying to you know give the brotherhood some space from his evildoer. Yeah, some of his fucking aspirations lined up with theirs. Yeah, uh, he wanted the credit. Yeah, they had, they had the same goal. <laughs> In the end, it was yeah. same same. No mug bloods. That's what they. <laughs> that was the goal. In Harry Potter terms, so Hitler was a Slytherin. Yeah, Hitler oh, was Voldemort. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, he is the fucking OG so he took that, Slytherin. Yeah. But yeah. Hitler was to take that. What house are you yeah, belong like, to? But he's, he's, he's fucking Selzar Slytherin's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what house is Hitler? Obviously, Slytherin. <laughs> Obviously. Oh, you maybe Ravenclaw? No, he's Slytherin. But he, I don't know. What if he took the test and he was like a Hufflepuff or something? There's no way. He's <laughs> not welcome no, in my house. There's no fucking way. way. Yeah, yeah. How not dare fucking you? Yeah, come on. You no. wouldn't be able to say that he took the test. Kind of I mean, you couldn't. I, I didn't. Mean, can't, yeah, but there's no way. Sorting hat wouldn't get that wrong. <laughs> yeah. We like <laughs> listen. We can judge a character after and put him in a house, and there's not a chance. No dice. Not a, not a dice. No fucking dice. Ravenclaw. No, not a Gryffindor. No, they not. Yeah. So like, Bra- yeah, yeah, like Braden was saying, off Voldemort. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent, absolutely. Right. Um, the inside the uh, inside the tomb is a number of uh, been described as just like it is. It is a creepy place. It's a very weathered, a very old place. Like within, well, shocking if you with go the name inside. like tomb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the tomb. Very yeah. fitting. Um, uh. 
There is a uh, there's a Connecticut art conservator by the name of Marina Moscovici who, in 1999, she had did a pretty much spent six years uh, restoring 15 paintings in the building. Like there's a number of, they have a number of oil paintings of illustrious members and other, uh, you know, uh, like just random artworks and things like they have within the house itself. And (laughs) she kind of, uh, her descriptions are pretty funny when she describes the atmosphere as spooky, but funny spooky. Uh, Everything has a a skull and bones theme of it, like theme to it. And she said, compared it to something like the Adams family house. It's like my house on Halloween, man. (laughs) Uh, You know, she, she kind of uh, described it as being a a campy in an old British men's smoking club way. You know, if that's basically if, if you watch, Walked into Sherlock Holmes's uh, Baker Street apartment. Like this is what it would look like. Maybe this girl's just be a giant house. She's just like super hard, and she sees the skulls on the wall. She's like, "Yeah, it's tacky." Yeah, <laughs> but they're really just like old. It's probably not even somebody's real skull. Yeah, it's just um, fucking tacky. At least one bonesman was interviewed about it and, and talking about it about like where so they have because they boners, have a number. Dan, it's called boners. One boner was interviewed, and so they were. Uh, there's a number of skeletons and bones and skulls and things like this, and um, he figures that they were all taken from bio classes. Like he just stole one from the biology things because <laughs> there is there is a bit of. Um, Sounds uh, like what they want you to think. Well, the Skull and Bone Society is known for being thieves. Like they are, they, crooking is a thing that they do and crooking oh, is dude, considered they, like a yeah, line of passage. Yeah, they like promote it. Like, and they try to outdo each other with what they steal. Right. So it's like, it's not, it's not a- Why? Well, because they're fucking uh, rich white dudes. What's going to happen when they get caught? Mm, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> slap on the wrist. Mm. You know who my daddy is? Don't make is? me tell daddy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he compared it to being a, basically what you would expect a college dorm room guy uh, in today or, you know, around, you know, 2000s with like Marilyn Manson posters and like Motley Crue posters. <laughs> but this would be like the 19th century. So instead of those things, they had like Gothic and Teutonic image, like images on the walls instead, you know? It's just kind of like that. <laughs> just girls with four full corsets. Yeah. Yeah. Barely any skin. Fla- flashing a little fucking ankle. Yeah. It's like going to, it's like going to the backside of Spencer's gifts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys, that was a fucking trip back in the day. Man. <laughs> you do yeah. the loop. Every time yeah, oh, we went to the mall, yeah, you did you the, loop. the loop. Every time. You, you, you kind of you slow browse the front and then you yeah. like get to the back and you're like, whoa. <laughs> kind of check over your shoulder who's in there with you. Yeah. yeah, there's always some weird dude in the back. Do you wait for him to leave? Uh, the um, one of the most infamous rooms within the tomb is known as Room Three Twenty Two. Um, they call this one of the uh, the most private room, or it's uh, this is where most of the sacred activities have taken place. Sacrifice. Uh, things like that. So they call it the inner temple or the IT or room 322. And it's, uh, it, it is pretty recognizable because it is, it is locked behind a giant iron door. So, (laughs) which has been there forever. The room inside the tomb is this room 322. Right. So, uh, it, 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 uh, what has been described as like the, the measurements for it. It's apparently, it's apparently 14, like 14 foot feet square. It's not a huge room. uh, It's got about a four foot high black walnut wainscoting. Wainscoting? Wainscoting, yeah. Wainscoting. What's a wainscoting? Uh, It's like a a wood feature, like a wood panel that you'd put. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know exactly. They could be be like pleated or shaker style. Yeah, Yeah, you know the ones. 
Yeah. yeah. Halfway up the um, yeah. Something yeah. you would expect to see in the Adams Family house. Yeah. yeah, it's it's old school finishing <laughs> technique and now no one can afford to pay for it. So no one does it. Except Skull and Bones. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, so and then within there they have again they have all the oil paintings and things that they had and then there's like a fireplace and then there is in front of the door they have this big inlaid mosaic with the number 322 so the significance of 322 is reported to be uh, it is the death date of the Greek orator Demosthenes um, wasn't that Kate now as I was reading this, and I couldn't find it again, but maybe one of you guys knows. Uh, when I was reading this last week and I got to this part and I read this, wasn't this something to do people point to Skull and Bones having fingers in the NWO because this is this guy, when he died, they they had ordered like the dissolving of the government? This was, Demosthenes died, uh, well, he committed suicide actually. Uh, he was a contemporary of... Um, his at his time, the Athens was in, involved uh, with a war with Macedonia. This was back when Philip II, yeah. father of Alexander the Great, was uh, taking over, you know, the world at the time, pretty much the Mediterranean world. And so when the uh, when they took over Athens, and then he started speaking out against the you know the Macedonia and things like that. Macedonians kind of. There was a backlash against that. Uh, you know, they sent soldiers to come and arrest him, and then he, uh, he instead of being captured, he took his life. Or no, it was after Philip died. Philip II had died, and then Alexander took over. Yeah, and, and then, then he led an uprising against Alexander. Right, and then they said, "No, we don't like that," and so he took his own life instead of being captured. So uh, he didn't want to get bit by Paritas. So, so there's nothing, <laughs> nothing about a dissolving, having forcing dissolving of the government. I mean, well, I mean, he's he's leading up an uprising against the current government. Yeah, against a, a foreign oh. invader. Essentially. Yeah. Oh, like, all right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, see, I was reading. I was trying to find it again because I was like, oh, I remember reading this uh, like NWA angle like that, and I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. Then I couldn't find it again. I was like, man, I'm just crazy. Maybe I didn't actually read that. And I was just skimming. But anyways, he was the perfect orator. I mean, he was, uh, he's pretty proficient. Like he was a, they, they he was a lawyer, Cicero. he was a lawyer and like a speechwriter, like by the age of 20, like, like that was his profession. So he's just like an intellectual basically. Yeah. But I mean, let's, let's be real. <laughs> let's be real. Back then, that's not that, I don't think that's big of a feat. Like, I don't know if he'd be as good now. Ancient advanced civilization, Brady. <laughs> he was a very staunch believer of like Athenian supremacy. Like he was trying to oh. harken back to the days where Athens was the superior power within the, uh, you know, oh. like post, post-Persian, post what is it? The post, post no. what is he the saying? Moops. No immigrants? <laughs> <laughs> no, pretty much Maybe. anytime they took over another, a fellow territory, they kill all the men, yeah. take the ch- women and children. <laughs> that, yeah. that was the mindset back then. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, that's that's the significance, or that's the reported significance of three twenty two. And there's a couple. I, I think there's a couple other ones that people kind of throw in there, but um, I don't. I think. I mean, if you look up Demosthenes' death date, it is three twenty two. So it makes a lot. They also there is a number of like they they revere Demosthenes and his oratory skills. Like they they like that is part of the the skull and bones. They are a literary society, or they were. Nerds. Um, and so they do dweebs <laughs> do put that stuff up on a pedestal. There there are, there are a number of uh, within the tomb. There are, there are a number of like you know bronze butts and sculptures Abacuses of Demosthenes and other nerdy shit. Of these things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so hey Dan, above Dan, how long you been in the skull and bones, buddy? 
I have not. I'm not in the scone pits. Oh, okay. All right. I've heard that's, that. Before. That's what. No, someone... Dan's in another one, isn't he? A Kappa game of batter, or whatever. What's what's what frat are you belong to? Uh, Kappa beta uh, buttheads. <laughs> yes, in my younger days, I was in a fraternity. Oh. Uh, and, uh, oh, what was it again? What was no. it called? Huh? I'm not. I'm not going to say what it is. What? <laughs> you can't. You have to. You're not allowed. Oh, it's 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 silly. It's just, it's not a it's not a part of my life that I'm very proud of, and it's like I don't really want to talk about it. Can you talk about <laughs> it after hours? <laughs> I just it, it's like okay. It's well, not we're gonna, one of those we're going to pry. Hard. We're gonna pry that out. After. We're gonna get out of get it out. Of. And then we're gonna look up the initiation rituals for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the above the uh, above the inside of room three twenty two, there is a painted blue dome with a skylight, uh, which illuminates in the center of the room what is like a po- it's essentially a poker table and then yeah that's what they want you to think then you flip it over and that's where you do your sacrifices yep. <laughs> and then the at the, I believe underneath. at the center of this on the center of this poker table there is like a skull there is they have like a, a, a skull figure well, I'd hope so type. is it the skull of Geronimo it might be that one. Oh, I, I think man. it's in that room and that might be the same one as what is what is purported to be the skull of the chief Geronimo yes <laughs> the Geronimo <laughs> Was Indian that, rebel chief. Is that Apache or what was the Geronimo? I remember Geronimo reading this, but I couldn't remember what. I'm pretty sure, yeah, he's Apache. Um, I'd have to get I'd have because to then it, the family sued back yeah, in right. early 2000s to try and get his skull back. And there's like a, right. a law in the states where they passed after the skull was stolen, so they said it doesn't apply to that certain skull. And they're like, right, okay, so. I guess we're not going to get. <laughs> if America had to do that, they'd be giving away a lot of shit that they've taken. <laughs> All right, Did, when the when the family member, I think it was like a council member that that uh, from the Apache Nation that that sued for it to get that skull back because they had received like an anonymous tip, essentially that they were in possession of what is was reported to be Geronimo's skull. They stole it um, in a grave robbery, like robbery. Wasn't it, Pres- yeah. wasn't it Prescott Bush? Yeah, it was like the OG. George W. Bush's grandfather reportedly yeah. yeah, stole it. But that just uh, goes that just goes to the, you know, the saying of like that's, you know, we talked about they one of their initiations and stuff. Well, not even initiations. They they try to like out thieve each other. Well, that's just frats stuff. though. Frats they, like you'll steal the other team's mascot and shit like yeah. that. Like that's well, and like <laughs> you know, members have been busted before, like trying to steal paintings and stuff from you know, other places and um you know, there, there's other skulls you apparently say paintings they have. or panties. Paintings, okay. Um, but there's apparently other skulls. There's uh, what's the? I know they have a, a Mexican one too. They're rumored to have Pancho Villa. Yeah, Pancho Villa. Pancho Villa. And uh, it's also reported to be in there somewhere, uh, right? So it's like they, they, you know, like fucking straight up grave robbing. Like they're digging up graves. <laughs> well, it's it's said that when when the families came to to get it. Like they met with representatives and members of the Skull and Bone Society and they told them, you know, they told them that they had had the skull tested and it actually wasn't Geronimo's skull. It was a skull of some 10-year-old kid. Bullshit. They didn't name who it was. Yeah. Um, but they, they, they wanted the the family members or they wanted the uh, the members of the Apache Nation to to sign a form that said that this is not Ger- this is not Geronimo's skull and they refused to sign it. So this is not still, the skull you're looking for. Yeah. And so it's still to this day, remains that I just, skull remains I, I'm in possession of the right now skull of That I feel like if you had a grown man's skull, like Geronimo's skull, and a 10-year-old skull, you'd be able to tell the difference. I'd hope so. Because <laughs> I think a 10-year-old skull would be pretty tiny in comparison. Uh, I would think so, I've never mm-hmm. held two skulls in my hand of a 10-year-old. You never and a palmed a 10-year-old, 10-year-old and picked them up? No. 
in addition to the uh, the rather like I mean, the prestigious- kids' heads grow pretty fast compared to the rest of their body. <laughs> Big so heads. I'd like to know when their heads full 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 grown. That'd be interesting. No, well, I don't. It's obviously not at ten, yeah. but yeah, at ten, Zell had a huge old russet. Big. <laughs> Extra large. Yeah. <laughs> Yukon gold. By the age of five, the skull has grown to over 90% of the adult size. Really? Oh, so you wouldn't really. So there know. you go, boys. Oh, shit. Right. You have to do like more tests on like the teeth you and stuff to, to find out the yeah. age then. Interesting. Interesting. Did not know another, that. So in, another case cracked by the boys that well, ACT. You have all the growth plates, right? And then they've. It's all a bunch of different pieces of the skull, and then they kind of fused together. Yeah, interesting. Uh, In addition to the tomb and uh, that property, there's also what is Deer Island, which apparently was a gift to the society by uh, a a patriarch of the city, like one of the 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 older, you know, older generations. And it is a forty acre span of private, or was it gift? He died, and it was a fucking island. Uh, it's a fucking island. They, the their fucking symbol is a Jolly Roger. The pirates, they took it. Yeah. They're stealing. They <laughs> I stole knew it. it. Pretty awesome. For sure. They stole the island. They stole the island. <laughs> stole for it. sure. They had to. They planted the flag on it. No one owned, yeah. owned it back then. Yeah, no one's going <laughs> to fight you for it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a forty acre uh, span of private woodlands with a with apparently a, a two miles shoreline, and it's about three hundred forty miles from New York City on the St. Lawrence River. Uh, so to actually get there, uh, the boners can call, uh, Rogers Marina apparently and charter a boat to pick them up and take them there. From what uh, I understand that this Island has gone to complete shit now. Yes, like it's in complete the, yeah. disrepair. <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of went, I think it went pretty South, like in the, like the seventies and eighties. And now it like originally, yeah, it was like a nice place for them to go. It usually, it was, it was a place that the seniors would go in between, uh, what is known as dead week, which is pretty much like the, the week between final exams and, uh, graduation. So they would all go there and, you know, you go and unwind and, you know, talk about your future. So whatever you do, um, future world domination plans, yeah, whatever. Plot, yeah. Yeah. Plot, yeah your, plot your, plot your, you're going to take over. <laughs> yeah. And, um, plan so, those conspiracies. <laughs> and, um, after that, like it, it, it's, it kind of became like places like they would go there, like, um, because you can visit it still when you after you graduate, according to to some reports, uh, by a uh, former or you know current bonesman, uh, boners. Sorry, and the um you can go and visit it and go there, and they will have like events. They'll have uh you know kind of just little getaways that they'll have uh social events that'll go there. Um, at least I think one one person one lady was interviewed who had gone there as a girlfriend as as one of the of one of the boners and uh, she kind of said that it was just kind of yeah it was like summer camp like you went there and like there was some artsy craft they were doing like arts and and craft stuff but it was still like it's not it it's not like Great Gatsby or nothing like it's yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's it, in shambles now yeah it's, it's kind of falling apart at this point and nobody really takes care of it um, so but they still I mean they still own it is what it. You know, so, <laughs> and that's you know those are the places that they have. So, within the the most interesting parts of probably the Skull and Bone Society are the initiation. Oh, initiation. And just before we get to initiation, though, I mean, you have to refill. <laughs> we got to refill here because oh, yeah. it's about to get our a skull little goblets. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> we got to refill because we're about to climax. <laughs>
initiations. Um, it's skull and bone initiation. It's, you know, there's hear a lot of different stories. One of the favorite ones that I heard was, uh, candidates are required to lie down in a coffin, um, wearing no clothes, uh, revealing <laughs> all their sexual history, um, to the other candidates. And I was like, I was like, when I read that, I was like, there's like a dot, dot, dot after I'm like, what? I was like, have, has none of these guys ever been in a locker room? I was like, I was like, I know just about each one of all my friends conquests in detail. <laughs> conquests. <laughs> in detail. I mean, well, they, they call it connubial bliss. But, like, uh, they were, they refer to it as. <laughs> I think the scam is though, right? Because you got to be naked. And what they probably do is they probably have a bunch of fucking pics, like a big, you know, remember like Mean Girls, the burn book? Oh, they yeah. just got a bunch of Polaroids of flaccid fucking penises. And they're like, if you uh, ever, if you I, ever talk shit, I'm going to share your fucking flaccid fucking ween. Everybody's yeah. going to see your bird. <laughs> and um, it, it was, it was standard protocol actually to take um, fully naked photos of perspective uh, of, of freshman oh, class dude, members in Yale. That's like, it, yeah, that was like a, that was a normal practice for like, for decades. That's why you didn't want to talk about your fucking frat. Hey, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Someone will track down Dan's bird. There's a fucking picture of his pig snout somewhere. Yeah. When you got Dan. admitted to the college, uh, like they took pictures of you. Like they took naked photos. No, nah, that was just photos. your fucking Dean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, uh, his penis inspection day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Never about to bend over. <laughs> But like the significance of laying in a coffin, the bones have said it was to like make sure the candidate realized that life is short. And uh, the aggressive masturbating was just to show them that it's fun and it feels good. Do it while you can. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they were like, you know, rumor is that they would go in this, you would have to go in naked, surrounded by other the other candidates and uh, Skull and Bone members and uh, just... Uh, Rub one out in oh, the coffin. Weird. Listen, like, so I've been, I've been rookied. I've, and as you guys have too, like I've been rookied, rookied a few times, been on a few different teams and I've done the fucking, I've done the fucking, the babies versus bitches race. I've done the, I've done yeah. the cookie race. I fucking ran around, you know, downtown Kelowna in panties, getting shot with paintball guns. Like I've done it all, but I'm not fucking jizzing on anything. Dude, the worst one I've ever seen. You got to draw a line seen, somewhere. The, no, boys, the worst I'm one not. I've ever seen. And like, at least the nice thing for me is when I played football, like I was never going to lose the cookie race. I'm racing against fucking like O-linemen and shit. <laughs> like I'm never going to lose. I'm not eating that fucking no one's, cookie. You're not eating that cookie. No, I'll never eat that cookie. Yeah. I never ate the cookie. No, I know a guy is. that had to eat a couple cookies. Yeah, that's... I never in case you don't know what the cookie race is, is it's a race, but you got to hold a cookie between your ass cheeks and the loser has to eat all the cookies. You have yeah. to power walk your way to the finish line. Oh no, yeah. there's no power walk. But I know if you got, if you got good glutes, I can, oh, yeah. I can stride boys. There's nothing about crumbs. Yeah. There's nothing oh, yeah. about crumbs left. Yeah. Um, yeah. the worst Absolutely. one I've ever seen personally, like, yeah, there's all the diaper and, you know, Edward 40 hands and all sorts of stuff. But the worst one I've ever seen, uh, was, I won't say any names, but, uh, Five guys were, I was too young. I was a call up. So I wasn't actually like on the team. I was just being called up. And uh, they stuck five guys in the bathroom of a bus on the way to Kamloops. Oh, and you yeah, weren't yeah. allowed to come out until Hot you bus. got, you weren't allowed to come out until you got an erection. <laughs> that was 
was like, I was like, what the fuck? And one guy That's instantly fucked. came out. Instantly, he was in. He's out. He's like, boom, oh got one. God, <laughs> got it. That's I, like when when we when I played football, you had to do a song and a joke. You do that at the front of the bus, and if your song and joke sucked, they'd stick you in the shitter. And then by the end of the fucking bus trip, you'd have like nine. People. Everyone's in the shitter. Yeah, it's not good. Well, no, just as long as you had a, if you had a shitty joke and a fucking good shitty song. song, that's on you. Um, but alongside these, like this weird, like you know, jerking off. One of the uh, one of the initiatives is like each new member is they have to swear to keep the secrets uh, of the club and the rules and rituals and protect the society and its membership. They say uh, the commitment requires satanic and psychological rituals that prevent members to freely leave the society. And it means after the initiation, the the new uh, member is a bonesman for li- or a boner for life. Boner. Yeah. yeah. So he has to do something so degrading that if he ever left, they would ruin his life. Well, like blackmail. You know, they're blackmailing you with it. There, there, like there are talks about like potentially like oral sex and stuff like that and like have, getting it on film. The rumors, I have heard these rumors. Yeah. Well, it's like if you want to trap someone into a secret, you need to, you would have to hold the greatest leverage you think you could over this person. So if someone said yeah. like, oh, you see me jerk off? Well, I don't give a shit. I'm still going to tell you all my secrets. They're like, this guy jerked off. He's like, yeah, I did. Whatever. I fucked yeah, that place. I did fucking three times during yeah. this conversation, bud. What else <laughs> is new? Like, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so it, like, it would almost seem like you'd have to hold such a secret, something bad, something bad over this person. Well, and like a lot of times too, you got to remember like the, the, the people who are participating in this too, right? They all have crazy aspirations, right? Like these people all, whether it's political or, you know, entrepreneur, oh, whatever dude, the fuck pre- it is. So anything like this could crumble their statement. Yeah, like this could crumble their fucking career aspirations after the fact. So I feel like that would even be better for lef- uh, leverage. Right? Right? This, isn't this kind of like bears a little resemblance to what people Epstein. think Epstein had on people? Like bring them to these crazy parties, underage girls, get them on camera. You have ultimate blackmail. Yeah. And, and, and then like, well, you own that person. The other thing is that you know, Zell kind of touched on it that you're, uh, you swear to leave a portion of your estate to the society, like when you die. And in, in return for that, the society guarantees you that you financial stability. They have your back. Like they'll have your back and you're, you're not going to be like a, you're not going to be broke. Doesn't mean you're going to be living in the Ritz Carlton, but maybe, you know what I mean? Like they make sure. And if you look at the who's who of that list, they have more than enough power and influence to make that guarantee. Right. You have presidents, Supreme Court justices, like, you know, billionaires, like so many people, influential members of the skull and bones that, uh, to make that happen. The other thing is, I mean, they even, they got enough pull to make a mouth breather president. So, (laughs) yeah. Well, it's, they, you know, that's one of the interesting things is, you know, people say that it is an issue for the, these kind of secret societies that are formed that have these powerful members is that like one of the, um, one of, after you become a initiate and you're a full member, you take an oath um, and that oath releases you from allegiance to king, government, constitution, or nation. And you are about furthering the interests of your brothers and brotherhood of the society. Uh, and people point to like the issues of like, well, when like say president George W. Bush, you know, swears his oath as president. Um, 
It overrides. He's he's already sworn an oath that no matter what, this comes second to his oath to the uh, Skull and Bones Society. And like, and you know, like it's funny because like under normal circumstances, that's probably not that huge of a fucking deal. It's like, oh, you know what, fucking Bob over there can get you a deal on your car insurance. He's buddy old, old buddy from the fucking Skull and Bones, but now you got one of them as a fucking president. Well, and let's and let's like, talk, what's he going to be able to do? Let's for talk you? about that. Like, that's like, crazy. When George Bush and John Kerry faced off in that election. Both were members of the Skull and Bones Society. Me and Andrew kind of talked about that, like the issues of that beforehand, deck. right? It's a st- exactly, it's a stacked deck. So if you were trying to put members of your powerful group in positions of power, you know, we we kind of talked about before or after, you know, bef- before on Case Files, how these political lines that are drawn don't really matter. Like what they pit the people against each other doesn't really matter because so much of the politics is special interests and special interest group. And what better way to make sure your interests are met than have both candidates running for each side and you're both members of uh, the same secret society and you well, know, it, mingle in the same circles. Well, that is not, that's not really debated as a special in American politics because, but not every, there's not like, there's not been a ton of skull and bones presidents, but just every election, if you look at the money, the people are funded on both sides. Just to, you know, just yeah. in case. Well, exactly. But Hedge that's what I'm saying. Is then you have these two members that are backed by ton of influential. Uh, what's the, there's that one guy who they say he's the the richest private equity manager. He's like worth 15 billion. Um, you know, like you have so much money backing these people, and you're just like, yeah, you go, you go left, you go right, and like hope you know, hopefully we can get one of you guys uh, in the presidency. Right. It's like if you have this group of people that are uh, this powerful in, in various heads of state, government, you know, executives, you have a ton of, ton of money and ability to do these things and have influence. Why not push? Even if it's even if you were to be like, oh, it's not really nefarious just to see, like, can we do it? Can we have two of our members uh, run at the same time and get a skull and bones member as president? Like, why? I don't I don't release like. To me, I'm like, it's a scary thought that you it's had almost like they, potentially well, two people it, that weren't didn't it, have the everyone's interest at heart and they were more well, trying to forward the the society's interests. Well, you think about it too, and it's like what what's you know, what certain event maybe that could have been on their agenda that they had to make sure fucking happened with one of so they had to make sure they had two candidates because they needed something to fucking happen. And what did the fucking guy that was elected do? Invade Iraq. Maybe that was fucking pushed by the fucking skull and bones. Perhaps. Maybe either way, Iraq was going to get fucking invaded. It was on the books. Uh, the new American century, they said seven countries in seven years, and I think that's what happened. Not, not necessarily, they didn't really invade per se. It's not like, it's not part of America now, but... Destabilize? Whatever the term is. But, but before we get started, destabilize. <laughs> they took the oil. Yeah. Yeah, but before we get, there's like a lot of connections and stuff we can make, but let's go. I got all oh boys. I know he's, he's chomping a bit, but let's go back to the initiations because those are the ones, those initiations were the ones that are rumored, the ones that people talk about that they probably do have. But there was actually one guy who claims that he was given information on how to observe an initiation. So what's his name? Ron Rosen, Rosenbaum. Yeah. So Ron Rosenbaum was a journalist who had investigated uh, Skull and Bones for about a good good quarter of a century, so like 20, 25 years. Uh, he had been researching the, the secret society, and he published in the New York Observer an account of what he believed that he had saw an actual 
uh, Skull and Bones initiation ceremony that uh, he had been approached um, or his research assistant uh, had been approached by a person who is a member of, according to them, a member of the Yale community and asked them if they would be interested in videotaping uh, like this or having a videotaping expedition. And he presented them with like a, an audio recording of what they said, what they claim to be uh, a skull and bones initiation or a skull and bones ritual of some type. So uh, on Saturday, April 14th, 2001, Rosa uh, with the, his research assistant and, and a couple of, I think one or two other people, maybe a couple fucking um, online order night vision goggles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. They reported to have night vision. Goggles. They had the whole, Everything they had the whole setup ready to go, uh, or, or managed to uh, get eyes on the inner courtyard of the tomb, and they witnessed, according to Rosenbaum's article, uh, <laughs> there there was somebody who was representing George W. Bush, uh, who was yelling versions of "I'm going to ream you like I reamed Al Gore." Uh, individuals saying things like "Take that plunger out of my ass, Uncle Toby." <laughs> and, um, oh, oh no. And I'm then gonna start somebody, I'm going to start yelling that when I'm angry. Take that plunger out of my ass, Uncle Toby. And then in what Rosenbaum called apparently a reference to Abner Luima, who was a Haitian immigrant who had been tortured by New York police, uh, people uh, and crying, I guess people were crying, lick my bum hole neophyte. How is that in reference? What's a neophyte? Uh, neophyte is a new member okay. of an organization. Okay, why, are the, why are the New York police... Licking a Haitian immigrant's butt. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's happening. Here. And why are we calling that torture all the, of a sudden? Apparently, yeah. the plunger out of my ass, Uncle Toby. Apparently, was is what they oh. call the reference. Oh, did Not they the, plunger someone? Yeah, apparently, the Haitian immigrant had been tortured by New York police, like sometime. In that uh, recent horrifying, yeah, which I wouldn't doubt. I'm not going to yell. <laughs> New that York police aren't the, rage. the nicest of people anyway. sometimes. Uh, uh, but one of the most shocking things that they said that they saw was they apparently witnessed uh, what seemed to be a, a part of the ritual where a person who was wielding uh, a, a large knife, perhaps something like a, a butcher, resembling a butcher knife, was wearing some kind of like animal skin get up that had a kind of barbarian look to it. And they were standing over a woman who was covered in what they assumed was fake blood and this person, uh, they had a, a new member, uh, kneel and kiss a skull, uh, at the, at the, at the feet of the woman. And then at that point, the man with the knife knelt down and either was, you know, assumed was symbolically cut the throat of the woman who was laying there on the table. All I can picture is that, what was that one dude from the raid on Capitol Hill who had the fucking antlers? <laughs> Q-Anon oh, Shaman. Yeah. Buffalo yeah. Man Buffalo or man whatever. whatever. That's what I'm picturing. Q-Anon Shaman. Yeah. The yeah, Shaman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very uh, Boho Grove, eh? Very. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, I also, like, when I read this account, I went, how fucking convenient that this guy is, you know, given a tip of how to see this. And then he catches these shocking things of like people yelling, take that plunger out of my ass, Uncle Toby. Yeah, they're probably fucking uh, with him. Right? That's Apparently, apparently Uncle Toby is the, is the name that they give their like master of ceremonies for these rituals, apparently. He's like the person who kind of runs these but things. Just the take, just that thing of like, take that plunger out of my ass. Yeah. Like I, when I, when I read this, I feel like this guy 
like we said, like you said at the at the top of this, is he's been researching for 25 years, 20 years. And all of a sudden he gets a message. I think the society was fucking with him. And yeah, I think they wanted this article written. And I think they were all having to chuckle because when you read any of this, it doesn't make any, you're like, what? This is fucking batshit crazy. You're like, this is so weird. It's like planned. It's like, it's, like, it's, it seems like planned weirdness. Like this guy's going to be watching us. Okay. Yeah. All right. You At 830, you say, take this plunger out of my ass. Try not to laugh though. Yeah. Just say <laughs> weird shit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. I'm going to dress up like George W. Bush and say, I'm going to read me like Al Gore. Like, <laughs> right. Like I think they were fucking with him. Well, it seems weird that if you had a, this, so a secret society, obviously people know about it, but what happens in the society is the secret, right? That's what everyone pledges yeah. to. So if you had this room, like this building with no windows or these, these very two like sliver windows at the front, why would you not keep your initiations inside? Well, exactly. And it's to me, I'm like, I think it, this was all set up to as a joke for the inner members of the skull and bones to make a fool out of, uh, Rosenbaum. So, yeah. When he posts the story or, and it and, seems and, like, and it discredits him, right? It makes him look like a fucking, just like a looks, weird fraternity. You know, and yeah. on a point that Andrew's going to make later on, uh, what, what kind of name is Rosenbaum there, Andrew? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Right? Ooh, uh, yeah. you know, we did say this group kind of, you know, may or may not have, uh, right. Some, some, uh, some Slytherin some ties, ties. <laughs> ties to House Slytherin, uh, and may not like the the Mugbloods, uh, but uh, so you know, I I kind of felt like they were they were fucking with this guy. That's that's the vibe I get from this whole encounter. I was like, this sounds like people are fucking with him. Well, what better way to hide? What happens to hide? Like what you actually do is, a, you know, give like a, a little bit of a sham. Just like, this is, yeah, a, exactly. this is a joke. And then they write about it like, oh, Skull and Bones are just a bunch of goofy frat guys. Well, and, and, <laughs> in and exactly. the courtyard. He writes, he writes this story. He gets it. Do you think anyone's giving him more money to write about Skull and Bones after this? I mean, he went on a number of like TV shows. Like <laughs> when he well, did, yeah. he got pretty, he, he got he pretty probably did the tour, right? For one he season. He probably did the tour, right? And he's saying this, but it's all fucking, they print, like, I think they pull it. I think they pulled a fast one on him. That is one of the, the one of the theories. Either that or they're fucking plunging people's asses. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. Or they're having secrets. A, if, it's con, if it's consensual, is there anything really wrong with it? No. If you want to, if you want to plunge up the well, ass. Well, it doesn't sound, if he's yelling, take it out. Like, oh, I mean, yeah. You need a safe word, I guess. <laughs> yeah, maybe Uncle Toby's their safe word. Maybe neophyte is his safe word. I mean, neophyte yeah. is an actual term that the, you use to refer to to new to get people my to pull plungers out of your ass. <laughs> neophyte, neophyte. <laughs> That's the mycenuck of the skull and bones. <laughs> <laughs> nope, uh, too much. Uh, <laughs> So do we want to hear the account of what they actually do according to a, a, a former patriarch a yeah. turned engineer or yeah, yeah. let's let's hear what <laughs> the, let's that. hear what's <laughs> let's hear what was said as what what happens bunch of goofy stuff is that what he says pretty much uh yeah so um in her book uh Secrets of the Tomb Skull and Bones the Ivy League and the Hidden Past of Power by Alexandra Robbins uh she interviewed a number of bonesmen and stuff it's a pretty it's a pretty good read and it's not that long and I think I suggest people read it um she interviewed a number of, of former and former bonesmen who had uh, boners, sorry, boners, um, uh, who had 
gone through these uh, initiation ceremonies and they said like uh, this one that she interviewed and asked him about the the whole initiation ceremony and he described it as just kind of really goofy like it's just kind of just one of these things where it's like the the new member will enter into a room and they kind of put a blindfold or a hood over your head and they spin you around in a circle and then they uh, they kind of walk you through the room, uh, take you on this kind of weird whirlwind tour of the of the building and then all the while they're kind of whispering in your ear and uh, telling you things about stuff and uh, it's like it's like one of the <laughs> The description is very much like one of those haunted houses, like a haunted house where you'd go and be like, these are the <laughs> eyes of the witches. What? It's like great. You, you put your hands in the cold spaghetti. Fucking, this is, yeah. Uh, it's worms. Uh, yeah. It's, I, it's pretty much, very much those things. Um, they were saying that, uh, you know, uh, once they once they remove the hood, they say they put them pretty much in a pitch black room, uh, you know, and they kind of uh, like they have things like what they call the firefly room where it's a bunch of uh uh a bunch of the the patriarchs of the of the society who kind of just have lit cigarettes and they kind of wave them around in the air so they look <laughs> they like fireflies so they look like fireflies and then they kind of tell the initiate what he's about to do you know you're going to take the you're going to take the oath and these things um they you know then they put the hood back on them and then they walk them back through the, the, the house again. Uh, they said one of the ones that they said was like, uh, apparently there's rumors of like, uh, there's a rumor of an in-house swimming pool that there's a secret <laughs> swimming pool inside of this. And so they tell them that they're walking by it while they're flushing toilets, like they're flushing toilets and telling them that this is the pool and this is where the bones whore lit boner whore, I guess boner whore lives. Uh, as you know, they kind of goof off on this guy. So, um, yeah, it's, very much. I mean, that's what, according to that interview with that one, is is what they do. Um, you know, which one of those reports of what is true? Well, what listen, is not? listen. I, I'm not gonna if if I'm gonna give a an interview and tell them what happened. I'm not gonna be like, and then I uh, masturbated in front of everyone. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna say that, right? And they took a picture of me, um, covered in my own semen because I was laying in a coffin. Uh, it was embarrassing. And I the pictures out there. I and now they're going to release it. <laughs> I didn't have cum gutters because I didn't do sit ups, and it's all over my chest. It didn't run down in a nice stream. <laughs> but you're not going to say that. You're not, not going to say, say that, that out loud. No, right? You know what I mean? Like you're going to. I think you were downplayed. So I, again, I don't. I don't think. Well, so on this point, say you this skull and bones. What they have in you is so bad that you can't speak out. But if someone's like, hey, would you be willing to tell me your initiation process for Skull and Bones? That you talk to the Bone Society and you say, hey, Boners. the Boner Society. And you say, I have an opportunity to spread a little disinfo about the group here. Can yeah. I do it? And they go, yeah, just say anything that's not the truth. Go for it. And you can say whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Discrediting again. I, hiding I, the secrets of the inner workings of the society from the public. Perhaps. Or they could just not give a fuck and they're just telling because they think it's funny. <laughs> or they could choose the risk of having them and their whole family murdered and just break the break the silence. Or not even that. <laughs> like the fact that you've also been promised the fucking financial stability and all the other perks of being a fucking boner. Why would you throw that away to do a fucking interview? Yeah. Unless you don't sense. need the money. 
Unless you already have the money. Unless you get a real suck on the organization and they're like, all right, listen, buddy. Yeah, they said there was there there's actually there's actually a story of a guy who came in apparently with like he had drug debts and he is like an extreme drug debt and he came in, he got initiated, then he stole a fucking carpet and left. <laughs> on the carpet and left. What do you get for a carpet? A couple hundred bucks? Enough to pay off his debts, apparently. Worst tap night ever. <laughs> oh, that's what we forgot to talk. So apparently there's like a tap night and that's how they select initiates. They walk around and then someone will just tap you and you're like we'll cup you on the shoulder there, there's a couple different there's a couple different tellings of like how tap night goes down like there's ones that they'll, they'll they pretty much like it's like a squad of guys they call it. like one of them is like the there, there's like a guy what is it it's two guys and it's like four dudes and two of them are called shakers because basically they grab you by the shoulders and they hold you while you while you get announced that you are going to be whatever and they have somebody to like i don't know to guard the bathroom because they take you to the bathroom i guess and whatever and say like you're being tapped and there's no real argument. They just say, yeah, you're tapped. <laughs> and well, then you have to show up. <laughs> That's where things are weird. That's when they get the fucking real dirt. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a it, tap night is a, is a big thing. It's like, yeah, that's, that's one of the, they say it's, you know, it, it's kind of the draw of being an exclusive club as opposed to being an open club. It's like, yeah, you, you wait for, to get that tap from skull and bones. A lot of people work really hard for it. Um, freshmen are not allowed in the organization. And it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of, uh, those secret societies slash also Greek organizations, like you don't, you're not allowed to recruit freshmen. And it's like, and so a lot of freshmen go a long way. Those who are legacies of Skull and Bones has said like they go, they, they try really hard because you have to, to get into Bones. You have to get noticed. A lot of times you have to be, you got to be above and beyond. So it's like, yeah, you join all the school, you join all the school organizations, you know, get good grades, all of these things. Um, you know, so a lot of, a lot of this stuff, like, yeah, they work to get that tap. It's like, you got to get it. And so um, it's a very uh, kind of prestigious uh, accomplishment in a lot of people's books. <laughs> so then we were going to talk about the, uh, what was it, before we got wrapped up in... Uh, do we want to talk about some of like the weird, like this, just like the secrets and traditions they have to do? Yeah, so, I mean, there's like, yeah, there's little tiny things that a lot of... We'll uh, go through a couple. Uh, yeah, there's only a couple like little tiny things apparently that that bones boners are known for. Um, that it's like little tiny, like I guess traditions that they observe, and some of them do it seriously, some of them not apparently. And uh, like one of the one of the best knowns is apparently like a, a boner has to clear out of the room uh, when the words skull and bones or three twenty two are mentioned in their presence. So so if you you're could out there, anyone if you just walk into a room and go skull and bones. Yeah. Uh, apparently like these, I guess the, the whole setup and procedure of these things, these rituals are meant to encourage people to kind of be open with each other that, um, in, in all Yale used to be an all male college, uh, you know, these impressions, first impressions and, and achievements, all of that stuff was important how you present it yourself, all of these things that the very idea of like, you know, that masculinity was very you no know, big thing back then is whatever, but these these real big thing, these rituals and these traditions were meant to kind of break down those walls in order to be able to more open with your fellow classmen. That you know, it even back then, even so today, they get more dirt on you, more dirt, the better. even then, right? Yeah, so Black never male. open up to anybody ever. Keep all your ever. keep all your pains nope. and secrets, seal it secrets, in, nice seal and tight. it up, yeah. let it boil yeah. up until it you. drives you insane, yeah. and then you know, whatever, and yeah. you snap. So that's what men uh, do. <laughs> you murder all your coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
then you, uh, then you steel plate up a bulldozer and you destroy your town. Um, as you, on your first day as a full member of uh, the Skull and Bones, apparently each person member receives a new name or a nickname uh, that is given to them by the uh, the other <laughs> the other names. Some of them actually, I think some of them actually choose them. Like it's it's there's usually they're given, but some can actually. Yeah, be. I wonder how many dragons are in the Skull and Bones. <laughs> yeah. They can't think of another name. Is I fucking just call me Dragon. Well, apparently, apparently George Bush uh, couldn't think of a name, so they gave him the the name Temporary. It was always supposed to be Temporary, but he never bothered to change it. So that was probably every, every was position temporary. he held in life was supposed to be Temporary. Just stuck around. Right. <laughs> well, there's the th- there's also the thing that it's like no, apparently his name was. Uh, people said that he was. Uh, <laughs> Magog and Magog is traditionally given to the member who has the most experience with members of the opposite sex. Yeah, he so. he got to second base. Once. He had sex and yeah, <laughs> he touched. And the they will they contest that they, you know uh, Bush's camp will contest that claim where they have because it's like people say well yeah they would because he was married to Barr like then like <laughs> he was married with and he already had one son he was so allowed like, you know you know so he had sex um, once. <laughs> Had one You'd kid. have Magog, who would be the one with the most sexual experience, and the least sexually experience would be Gog. Uh, the uh, the tallest member of the society was usually named Long Devil, uh, and then you had Little Devil, who is the Long Devil's rival and also the shortest member of the club. And you always had a usually you had a Boaz, who is the any varsity football captain, and so anyone who was kind of left over, you could uh, choose your own name. So. Um, Apparently the names kind of changed with you know with the times like uh, yeah. before like they they named them like Greek names and like you know or literary you know, famous, names yeah and literary like names diabolical names like yeah like later in like the, the 60s they chose like more diabolical names like Hellbender and like Lucifer and whatever all those old, old yeah. ones yeah, that's um, really uh, Hellbender <laughs> but another one another rule that is uh, observed and it's pretty <laughs> pretty strictly within the t- yeah. within the My temple name's is Hellbender. that. But Mogog over there slept with one lady, but I'm going to call myself Hellbender. <laughs> That's a, way cooler. Yeah, way cooler. Um, yes, I'm a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you ask? Um, we talked about their kind of, you know, shortly to touch on like their finances. Uh, one thing that sets uh, another, well, another thing, I guess, I suppose that sets many, bone, uh, many skull things. and bones. <laughs> of the many things that we know of. I'd say there's other secret societies. I don't know what Scroll and Key does. I don't know what Wolf's Head does. I haven't looked into them. Um, I mean, there's secret societies at other universities too, like Harvard. Harvard, yeah, they all have their about. own type of... Um, porcelain. I wonder what those guys do. Yeah, um, yeah, porcelain. Theodore Roosevelt was a porcelain, so if he was in there, they were probably in some really hardcore shit. <laughs> what? It, there's like a story about... Uh, snort there's a story about when uh, Bones members, like, they were trying to, like, work with... Roosevelt, who and he was he was just having none of it, and I wonder if there was a little bit of uh, uh, you know secret society clash, and it was just a uh, clash. No, of he, wills. he yeah he was he was getting uh, he was supposed to get support from like a bonesman or something for yeah. for his like presidential campaign, and then they were gonna kind of like you know they were hoping that he would reciprocate on the points of this, and then you know once they helped him out and he got there, he pretty much showed him the fuck off. Like, yeah, fuck <laughs> off, yeah, I'm porcelain, porcelain for life, bud. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, another thing that sets Skull and Bones apart is that the Bonesmen pay no dues. And most organizations of these types, like you have to pay dues like every year or every school year, like at the start of each semester, you have to pay a certain amount uh, to, to continue to, to be a member, a full member and, and you know, gain all the benefits. A, a, full, a member in good standing, I think is what the right. term is. 
Uh, and so the, um, but every year, all of the patriarchs usually receive a letter from the society. So people who are patriarchs or members who have graduated, uh, they receive a letter from the society treasurer, which requests them to make a voluntary contribution. You open the letter. There's a picture of you. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, your polar, it's a photocopy of your Polaroid. That's like, of we something, need a million dollars. Something that you did that they know you did that you don't want anyone else to know that you did. And they say, would you like to make a voluntary contribution to the club? And you're like, yes, (laughs) yes, I do. Damn it. Yes, I do. (laughs) Um, So in 1997, so according to the society's tax filings under, which they are incorporated, they are like a, you know, corporation. They have like Um, a, how are you going to cheat? How are you going to cheat tax without the corporation? Yeah. They have a, they have like a holding company that owns all their properties. That's run by graduated members. Yeah. Uh, so in 1997, the stated uh, year's uh, net assets were $4,260,597. And then, you know, by the next year, it says the figure kind of shrank a little bit to like $4,115,000. Um, and so it's, yeah, it, this, I guess in 1997, the society received $164,000 in donations for that year. And then by the next year, the, I guess it shrank to $116,000. Nothing to scoff at, but it's still like, it's <laughs> still uh, a Doc, shrinking. Like thing. registered contributions. There's some cash in yeah. there. Come on. It's got to be bags of cash I mean, passed We all around. know how people, they launder, you know, they launder yeah. money through artwork. So it's like any of that artwork in there, technically, I guess you could sell. It'll be tax-free. Like, <laughs> um, and so, and then here's another thing about Skull and Bones, which makes them even kind of a stranger, is that Bones does not use any of its wealth or connections to help the community. They do not participate no in any community outreach programs. They do not con- commit in any charge, any charity or anything like that. Like the other, all the other organizations do. Like Scroll and Key is known for its like philanthropic uh, endeavors and stuff that it does. Like goes well, out again, and, and that just donations goes to, to like their, their main focus is to um, support the interests of its members. Of the members. And that's it. And yeah, and so with that, those monies and the, yeah, so yeah, the wealth and connections of Skull and Bones are meant to be primarily self-serving. Like they're meant to only serve those within the society. And that leads you to the entire uh, network portion of Skull and Bones. Yeah, we briefly mentioned a few. There's been, what, three presidents? Oh, dude, statesmen, Supreme Court justices, governors. Well, Taft was a president uh, and a Supreme Court justice. The entire CIA. Yeah, CIA. Well, not the entire CIA. The entire CIA. CIA, entire no, CIA Dan. Not the entire CIA. The entire CIA. <laughs> their two best CIA. A- their two best agents in the sixties were not Skull and Bones. <laughs> the first the first American, you know, the person they the Amer- the first American spy, uh the goddamn yes. f- creator of the goddamn American Football League. Yep. The NFL. And the NCAA. Yep. Who was that? Uh, what was his name again? Uh, I don't remember his name. I just know he was a bonesman. Oh, Walter. The, double ba- Walter the inventor Camp. of the double bacon cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> Lehman Spitzer. That's the guy behind the Hubble telescope, actually. Yeah. The the Hubble, the goddamn creator of six-minute apps. <laughs> I mean, like this network runs fucking deep, though, and it's got some pretty nefarious connections. Like we already kind of mentioned Prescott Bush. The, the OG Bush. Yeah, so that so George Bush's grandfather, 
who was a late senator. Um, he was actually a director and shareholder of companies that profit from their involvement with the financial backers of Nazi Germany. What? Yeah. So, <laughs> and I also want to be got, like, who didn't? <laughs> well, a lot of people. I did. mean, here you want if you want to get into it, we can Let's get he's into. Definitely it. got his fingers into it because it's not only Bush; it's also Avril Harriman, who's another member of the of the Skull and Bones. And Avril Harriman, uh, his family ran the Brown Brothers Harriman, which was at the at the time, I'd say the 1920s. It was one of the world's largest private investment banks. Oh, right, and they have direct links to uh, supporting Hitler to his rise to power. Like yeah, I'm, I'm saying that there were a lot of businesses. I'm like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Not, I'm but we're, but, but we're not talking about a lot of businesses today. We're talking about skull and bones. Yeah. So yeah. we're going to touch on their connections. Sure. All right. So oddly enough, Harriman's mother also funded the American branch of the British eugenics movement in 1909. Oh, Jesus. Which we know eugenics, uh, fascist, racist, terrible. There's one good race. I'd, I'll give you, I'm going to give you one small guess. One small guess as to where the headquarters for this uh, eugenics fucking movement was. It wasn't in the town where Skull and Bones is. is it? It's not right. It actually Yale, was it's... on the campus. It was on the campus. You don't say. It was at the. It was on the Yale University campus for the for the eugenics. For eugenics. So that's like the study of like, of, you, of the study of Zell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, my next, uh, my next form. I'm taking a completely different person. Yeah, yeah. Not, yeah you got jokes. Blonde hair, blue eyes, killing you. Yeah, it's killing me. It's killing me. I can't blend in. I just, I'm pointed out at every turn here for something I didn't yeah, you do. Bri you briefly kind of caught on to it when you were about 18. You dyed your hair black, but it just wasn't just, a good look. It grew out too fast. My hair was floating <laughs> above my head. It never worked out. Anyways. But yeah, so eugenics is um, the scientifically erroneous and immoral theory of racial improvement and planned breeding. So basically, the superior poor, race. Get, get rid, rid of the, the poor, poor. Get rid the of the minorities. The anyone who doesn't have, you know, true it, blood. <laughs> it, but yeah, mud bloods. But it, it's very, it's really closely tied with like population control as well. Because right. when you look at it, it's like you, you you don't trim from the top; you trim from the bottom. And what's at the bottom, they what they would consider. You know, minorities, the people poor, of color, like that that type that's, of stuff, right? That's what they As consider me. Religions they don't yeah. ap don't approve of, etc. But so now we have this. We have like so we have two these two, two families. You have the Bushes and the Harrimans, which are two like essential members of like arguably the two most powerful families that were part of like at, at point in time like in the twenties, the Harriman family was the most powerful family in the Skull and Bones, and then it was the Bushes, right? And so you have these two families coming together they you know one of the families has deep roots in eugenics right yeah. and then we have fucking we have hw bush right that's it's herbert washington bush that was, is that right? that's or the or middle walker. that's the middle bush walker that's yeah. the middle bush george's dad so this guy who you know basically was defeated in every time he attempted to run for senate right he ran for senate in 64 and, and 70 Nothing, but yet he still ended up getting an appoint, uh, appointments from people like fucking Kissinger and Nixon to keep his political aspirations alive, right? And then you, you Kissinger look Kissinger and Nixon Bonesman. Pardon me. Were Kissinger and Nixon Bonesman? Maybe they no. They potentially had ties to it, though. We don't know. Why else would they, you know, elect this guy? And then you look and you look at his fucking political record. Bush went from ambassador to China 
for one year. Then he went as the head of the CIA for one year. And then he went to president or vice president to president. Boom, 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 boom. It's a good run. The guy couldn't fucking, guy couldn't get elected to Senate on his own. Yeah, he's going fucking like, look at that step. And that's quick. Those are within like, he goes from ambassador to China to CIA to vice president. Bang, bang, bang. That's a three in a three year span. That's a hell of a, that's a hell, that's a a, good run. That's three years for the books. And then not to mention too, like it's, it's a fact that Bush was like, he, he was, he was well-known proponent of fucking population control. As in, Which kind of ties into he, eugenics. He's like, he's like, he's pushing the agenda of Probably, what members um, are like of their beliefs. Supported family planning is what he called it. But like he, you know, there was a, I, I watched an interview with this doctor, Ste- uh, Stephen Mumford, who was the, pres- he was the president of the central, uh, the center of research and population security. And he said, well, uh, well, Bush was the vice president. Uh, this Mumford, Dr. Mumford presented him with a two-page uh, synopsis on the dangers of overpopulation, stating that o- overpopulation is more dangerous than atomic warfare. Bush then agreed with everything he was saying and said a lot of people at the CIA see, the, see it the same way as we do. That there's too many people. Too many people. <sighs> Interesting. I mean, conceptually, I mean, isn't that true, though? Well, I think we could probably hold more people on this planet, actually, if everything was done right. I just, like, I mean, the link between, you know, him, the person who he was closely tied with through his time as a as a boner. Was the doctor a bonesman? No. No. Okay. No, no. Just uh, Harriman. It, it, but it's interesting that he's, he's, it seems from the outside looking in that a one bonesman is pushing the agenda of another bonesman. And that goes in hand in hand with one of the things that we've said, that it's like you are to um, take the recommendations of other members. Your fellow bonesmen. Fellow Boners. bonesmen and do it. Boners. Right? Boners. To, further, to further the brotherhood's entrance. So it's, he's oh. like, I want this. He's like, how can we repackage this? And I can push it where, you know, it doesn't, it's not the same, but it's, it's helping your cause. Well, and it's like, it goes back to at the beginning too. We said, hey, there was Germanic ties to this. Right. And then now we have ties, known ties to Nazi Germany from two different members. And I'm sure there's probably fucking more. And then we get into the, you know, key, key aspects of Nazism, shit like that with eugenics and the Aryan race and stuff like that. It's fucking. I mean, it's weird. Absolutely. At least scary, if anything. Well, it it is scary on two. It's, it's scary for me in one, obviously with to have the Nazi ties, but it's also scary that you have these people in these positions of power that their interests are tied to furthering each other. Like it's not furthering each other. Exactly. Doing whatever they can to help each other get ahead, you know, at the cost of anyone else. Like Dan said, they, they do nothing for the community, nothing as an organization, not like in Yale, nothing. So with like there, it's the whole thing is like the priority is the members. So if, if you have people and guys, we all know people who we've played on teams with the three of us who are like, you know, when we were playing for the Raiders live, breathe, die Raiders, we're Raiders. I'm a Raider for life. That's their life. And you're like, chill out. You gotta <laughs> think that there's people that are bonesmen and that have that mentality. And Take now you put right those people, down, yeah. you put those people in, really influential positions of power. And if even once they're making policy changes or stuff that benefits other members of Skull and Bones, 
based on their membership to this organization, something it's that's it's terribly wrong, right? Like ethically wrong. And you look at how many people have been in unbelievable positions of power. It's it's a little it gets a little scary. I go like, could this be a possibility that these people are just looking out for each other and doing what they can to promote their you know promote their friends uh, and and their friends' businesses and and put you know their their society members in positions to succeed over other people when they otherwise wouldn't. I mean, it seems like a it's like a faction, you know. Throughout history, yeah. there's different factions of families, groups of families. It seems like so. There's it seems like when you look at it, there's like three generations. You know, most of the 20th century of these of this these close ties, they become presidents, take positions of power everywhere, and now we're in 2022. And I was kind of looking at it like, where is the new generation of the skull and bones? Did did it did it get diluted and people like caught on too much and like they've gone somewhere else? Because it doesn't seem like there's new skull and bones people in those positions now. Well, there is. I I think what had happened is I think because like as you know the advance of media and stuff. Skull and Bones started to get a really bad rep of like, well, hey, hey, listen, you guys boy. seem to only let in white males. Well, and are- everything you, you're forgetting, like shit hit the fan when that fucking, that fucking kid, I can't remember his name, fucking uh, Caleb Mandrake killed that fucking reporter kid, right? And pissed mm-hmm. off coach, Craig T. Nelson. He exposed him. Did you guys see the movie? Which movie? <laughs> Skulls. I knew no, you were talking I, about I a fucking see, movie. I never forever. know the movie. Oh, it's, it's autobiographical. Shroomer Gavin's part of the fucking skulls, everything. Uh, it, but, you know, when I look at that, I, it's, it's, it's interesting um, to see the membership fall off. I think it's, it, they have opened the society to uh, women and people of color um, since I think the early 2000s. 90s or something, they, yeah. Yeah, based on backlash of like, well, the group hey, the group was shrinking, not as much yeah. interest. People didn't want to join. Well, and it's, it was having a bad rep because people it was a boys' club it, that was not. The times had changed, yeah. and they had to adapt. There might have been a little late. Yes. So, um, you know, is there that it's still around today? Is it as illustrious? Probably not. Is it past its heyday of power? We are probably seeing the like the skull and bones influence while there's still a ton of people in positions of power and influence and wealth. Uh, I, I do believe that the heyday is probably over um, for the skull and bones influence and power. Um, not to say that they don't have any, but it, I think is we're definitely in the, uh, the is it the denouement, like the, the downslope. Right, like it's uh, it's tapering. Well, you off. think if you think about it, it's like any any group of people has like a trusted network, right? Mm-hmm. You have your guy who does this trade, that trade, this trade. You're going to recommend him. If he came to you, you'd probably do him a favor. And then when you take like a brotherly bond in a group, like you take that to the next level. So if you like truly swear to do this stuff for your fellow brother in this fraternity, it's kind of what it is. It's like the same thing as most humans have like a network, but when you get that much money, those des- those decisions and the consequences are like that much greater. Mm-hmm. So when you see like these people becoming president and high-ranking members of business and industry, all who came from 
a certain secret society, there's got to be other groups, other societies who have produced other influential leaders, maybe not presidents, but as business and stuff. It just seems, it's just like almost human nature, you know? Like just be, mm-hmm. without the fraternity, without the fraternity, everyone's got a network. Like I trust this guy. If he came to me, I'd give him a deal. But then when you take it to that next level and add that layer of money and power and influence, you know, it's that it's the age old saying like power corrupts, you know, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. All that. So the more, the more Valley, the what Machiavelli, isn't that Machiavellian law? It's actually a really name that they like to use in the uh, nicknames. That was the one that was mentioned, Machiavelli. <laughs> Fucking edgy bastard. But just see, you have too many people with too much power with similar interests. And this, and I mean, when every single member of your group is pushing towards the goal of getting Paul Giamatti movie roles, <laughs> right? Anything is possible. He fucking deserves them. Because he was Skull and Bones is what he we was. found out. Paul Giamatti was Skull and Bones. I forgot. And he deserves I, them. I just scrolled to the bottom of my note in capitals and bold. I said, it says Paul, it all. <laughs> it's all it's Giamatti. All, it's all Paul Giamatti. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's it's weird. This kind of stuff, it's super weird. And there's no way you can look at it and be like, ah, it's just a fraternity. Yeah, it is a fraternity in a way. Like, yeah, brotherly bond. But I mean, they got more power. They got more influence. Jerking off in coffins. They got this, yeah, all these yeah. weird things. As for okay, but even, even get rid of all that stuff, like, you know, all the weird stuff, initiations, whatever, the weird traditions, whatever, right? Just get rid of who, who cares what that says. You still have a group of people who have just go on to Wikipedia and look up Skull and Bones members and then just look at that list of people and these influential positions they held that were part of this organization. Three presidents, three, fucking three pres- dude, one that ran for president, fucking a Rockefeller. Like, come on. Yeah, like it's it's a huge network of very powerful people that were well connected. So if you take all it's that Paul else Giamatti. aside, you had these people. Yeah, Paul G and and, and at the Coach, top of the totem pole, Paul, Paul Walker. Paul Giamatti, but you take that Shooter everything McGavin. else away. You have these people that were potentially uh, colluding together to promote each other's interests above all else, right? And when you look at the list of influential people and and where these people worked and 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 what their positions were, you can see very quickly that they had the means and the power and the wealth to do just that. And then it begs the question of: Did they? Did they do that? Did anyone do that, right? Did it happen or is that all just all a myth? What do you think? And then when you look at it and you you look at the list, you go, you know, it would be fairly easy for these people to help each other out. Yeah, and anytime some of these people these people are asked in interviews about that, they say, yeah, I was involved in that. I can't talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. And they just, they don't say anything. Mm-hmm. Well, Bush doesn't even, like a... George W. doesn't even, he's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's hilarious. It's it's so secret. I don't even know about it. Yeah. So I don't, it's super weird. It's it's hard to say anything for certain because either the secret is so good and so well kept and never gets out and all this other third party information about the rituals and stuff and the initiation is all just Disinformation. disinformation purposely put on the public. So you don't really know. But obviously, it spawned movies and documentaries galore, and countless internet articles 
about potential conspiracy from Skull and Bones members. I mean, it's, you don't have to look too far. We didn't just make it all up. It's it's all out there. It's just pretty hard to prove in the end. But you know, all the connections to like especially throughout world wars mm-hmm. and like yeah mid century stuff. Super weird. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah. I don't. I, you don't hear much about like I knew. Oh, there's a new 35 year old candidate. He's skull and bones. You don't. So maybe another 20 years you'll hear about these guys because they're st- they haven't got their power yet. They haven't got their pedigree, their notoriety out there through whatever. They haven't been helped enough by their fellow peers yet. But maybe, who knows? If there's another president in, say, five or ten years who's skull and bones, come on, people. <laughs> I, I See, I don't think, I don't think, I, while I do think they still have a ton of influence and a ton of powerful members, like I said, I think their influence is on the decline um, so whether or not that others, other secret societies and stuff that have powerful members that are moving into positions and stuff. I just think because they were so late to transition or they didn't transition because they were truly, you know, looking out for, uh, a certain race. And so they didn't want to transition. Um, I think membership has declined because people don't want to be associated with it or didn't want to be associated with it. And by the time they made a change, uh, it's too late. And it's just, it's, I think it's dying out now. You, I mean, you just, yeah. even when Dan was reading the financial numbers, like I said, numbers aren't to scoff at, but at one point seems they were getting to, millions, right? It's on, the, it's on the decline. Well, the island's gone to shit. Yeah. No yeah. one's keeping up that summer camp. Come on, boys. They could have their own boho grove. The, it was there. They had the money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little investment. Anyways. Well, back on uh, on Case Fall 322, we'll, we'll revisit yeah. Skull and Bones. See if there's a new president by then who's got Skull and Bones connections or some world leader yeah. of some kind. The, buddy, that's all. That's going to be us, man. <laughs> by by the time we get to 322, we're going to be only Skull and Bones. Skull's going to be wasted away here and the rest of us will just be nothing but Skull. I'm already yeah, there. Probably. You're probably right. <laughs> it's all skulls. Skulls and bones. That's what we'll be called. Hmm. All right. We're going a little long on the, on the topic, but there's, there's a lot to go through. I go through yeah. a whole bunch of, a whole oh, bunch of case files and angles on skull and bones, but I will do like secret societies are kind of fun. So we will put more on the list as we go forward. Well, they're interesting because there's real people involved and they're doing stuff. They're doing stuff. They're doing stuff. <laughs> they're people. They're doing things. They're doing things and it's interesting to us <laughs> and others on the internet. Who do we got for theory out of the week? Uh, this week's theory out of the week is the whole damn slam fam. <laughs> All right. Big congratulations to the slam family adding a new member. Hell yeah. I, Leanna, beautiful. Congratulations, man. We love you. Happy for you. Just a, a vital member of the theory community, all around yeah. great guy. Welcome yeah, to absolute beauty. Welcome to the club society. And if uh, yeah. and if you're if you're listening to Uncle Slam and his fam get uh, theory of the week, and you're like, oh, I got a baby on the way. Don't even think about it because unless we've had <laughs> our hands on your gun, <laughs> right? Uh, that's that's the connection needed. That's the connection needed. Uh, we f- we had our hands on that man's firearm. Firearms, multiple. Arms, yeah. Right. And his bulletproof vest. Yeah. At a gun range. 
And again, so yeah, that's a, an eternal bond was formed that day. Absolutely. Anyways, welcome to yeah. the club, brother. Through, through fire and lead. Hope she and sleeps well and you get a little rest over this first couple months. <laughs> if, we, if, we're, if we don't see on the Discord, we know why. Yeah. And it's all good. Congratulations, buddy. We see you posting nonsense at like four in the morning. <laughs> just, just like garbled nonsense. Just we nonsense. Yeah. yeah, we know. <laughs> we know, we know <laughs> what's going on. Don't worry about it. All right. And if you're not supporting your show and you want early access to all case files, ad free, all the bonus stuff, the Discord, all the other stuff we've done over the years, D&D, ATT Confidentials, oh, the, the list is endless. You know where to go by now. AlienTheorist.com. Hit support. You can't miss it. We appreciate it. This week's newest supporters. Nice. What I just say, I don't know. Marshtags. I know, but I don't know what that could. I could have. We come in peace. Yeah, hopefully. Skeeter. Christopher McCormick from the McCormick Candy Banana Fortune. <laughs> Excellent. Compost Mentix. Manny Vila. Peppery Rock, Andrew Beckman, and Lackey White. Thank you very much for supporting the show. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the sky.